All right. Well, I am excited to be here with you all this morning to dig into the Word together and talk about the wonderful topic of knowing God, the greatest person in the universe, the purest, holiest, most loving, most powerful, most wise person in the universe. And you and I get the opportunity to know him personally. We get to know the creator of the universe, the one who rules over all and owns everything. We get to know him. And here at City Church, you hear us talk a lot about that because that is so core to Christianity. Knowing and loving God and his son, Jesus Christ. We know Jesus, love people and impact the world. That's what we're about here. And sadly, there are many people who go to church every week who are, who are content with merely knowing about God, having a nice one-hour one service and, and learn a little bit, maybe say a prayer or two, and, 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 and maybe just, just kind of do their ritual. But for those of us here at City Church, Christianity is not about ritual, it's not about religion for us, it is about a relationship with the living God, knowing and loving God and loving God people okay when jesus was asked what's the greatest commandment from the from the old testament he said to love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself all right and so we're in a short series here on knowing god we've extended it before we jump into um first samuel lord willing we will jump into first samuel on february 26th also that is February 26th is our next Connect class. So if you've been coming and you're new here and you are interested in learning more about what it means to be a member and how to become a, a member here at City Church and, and get um, meaningfully involved and participate in what God's doing here, um, come to that class. We would love to answer any questions you have and share our history, what we're about, our vision, and our values. All right, It's God's will for his people to be connected in a local church to do life with one another and live out the one another's together. Amen. So today we are going to look at knowing God's ways, knowing God's ways. We want more than just to know about God. We want more to just know, to, to know, we want to know more than just the stories, the Sunday school stories that we've heard about God. We want to know the meaning behind those stories. Who is this God and why has he done what he's done? Why has he said, what has he said and why has he said it? And so we're going to look at Psalm 103 and we're going to hone in on verses 6 through 8. But I'm going to read the whole psalm because it's such a beautiful psalm. And it's okay to read, read scripture in church, right? Yes. I feel like Paul told Timothy something about that. Like, give yourself to the reading of scripture. And so I'm going to unapologetically read the entire psalm this morning. Because it's so good and so sweet. So we're going to focus in on verses 6 through 8. And if you want to read with me, you can. You can read it out loud. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. 
who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. Its place it remembers no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. And his righteousness with, the, with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. As for man, oh, sorry, I made a mistake here. Verse 19. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Sorry for the uh, mix-up there on one of those slides. There was a different translation on one of those, and I, I caught that, but we read through it. So here's our big idea this morning, that God has revealed himself as righteous, just, merciful, gracious, faithful, and loving, and he desires that we know him personally. God has revealed himself. Now, the scripture tells us that God has revealed himself through creation. There's general revelation about God that's seen in creation, in beautiful sunsets and sunrises. We see the, the handiwork of God. The heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm 19 says, right? So creation tells us and points Two, the invisible attributes of God. We get some aspects of, of who God is, his power, of, and, and the, the way he cares for birds, right? And, and flowers, and in all of creation, we see that God is a good creator, a powerful creator, God. But in Scripture, we have special revelation. We get specific insight to who God is, his ways. His heart. We're told the story of redemption, of how he has dealt with his people throughout history. How he has addressed issues of injustice throughout history. How he has rescued his people from danger throughout history. 
And it's my desire as we're, we're, we're digging into the text this morning, as we're looking at God and his ways, that we be drawn into the story of God. Last week we looked at the life of Joseph and we focused on knowing God's providence and goodness. And, and my, my hope was to draw us into the big story of God, what God's doing at a, at a very big level and that we would be able to find our place and our part in his story. The week, a couple weeks before that, we looked at uh, uh, Abraham, knowing God and trusting Him. We talked about uh, what, what that looks like through the life of Abraham. Before that, we talked about knowing and abiding in Jesus from John chapter 15. But this morning, I'd like for us to take a glimpse of, of the life of Moses and, and, and how God revealed His ways to Moses and be drawn into the story and learn about His heart and his ways. Verse 6 through 8 says that the Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Charles Spurgeon, who's written a great deal on the Psalms, says that his acts unto, unto the children of Israel... They saw less than Moses, for they beheld the deeds of God without understanding the method therein. Yet this was much, very much, and might have been more if they had not been so perverse. The stint was not in the revelation, but in the hardness of their hearts. And so God showed up in Moses' life. And revealed himself to Moses and called him to take action in helping the people of Israel, the children of Israel, get free from hundreds of years of slavery that they had been in. All right? Um, and, and another uh, theologian says they saw, the Israelites, they saw the events of things. They saw not the reasons of them as Moses did. God revealed the heart and, and Moses was able to get a glimpse of the heart and the, the character of God, not just the events, not just the stories. As, as many, many folks will say, yeah, I know Jesus died for me. I know Jesus died on the cross for my sins, right? But, but for those of us who really know that and believe that, those who are Christians, that should penetrate our hearts and change our lives, Right? When we know the heart of God behind that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? And so there's plenty of people who know about God. And we want to be those who turn our knowledge about God into knowledge of God. We want to know him personally, intimately, and accurately, and respond in worship, and respond in trust, and respond in obedience to who he is, to know his ways, and to walk in his ways. Another commentator says that his ways can be understood as God's character as it governs his deeds. God's character as it governs his deeds. In, in Exodus 33 verse 13, Moses asked for God's revelation of, of his ways. He said, now therefore if I have found favor in your sight... Please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. 
Consider to this nation is your people. So Moses wanted to, to know the heart of God. He wanted to see the glory of God. And the Israelites failed to see that. They failed to see the ways and understand the ways. Psalm 95 says, God, God says, I, I loathe that generation. They, they are people who always go astray in their heart, for they have not known my ways. Okay? Knowing God's ways changes our lives. Knowing God personally, personally, intimately, and accurately changes our lives. It's transforming when we get a glimpse of who He is. When we begin to, to grasp His heart for us, His heart for people. And so, so Moses, a, a Hebrew who, who grew up in Egypt as the, um, the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he saw, as growing up, he saw this injustice that was being done to his people. Right? God, had, God had marked his life and spared his life as a child, and his mom sent him up, up river, and he, he got adopted when all the, the baby boys were being killed by Pharaoh. Terrible injustice. Killing of children. Abortion. Terrible injustice. And so God's hand was, was on his life and, and God had preserved him and protected him and called him. But at one point, he, just, he couldn't just continue to enjoy the comfortable life, the riches of Egypt. He tried to take matters into his own hands. He had this sense of justice within him. This tendency to, like, i got to do something here. And what did he do? He tried to do God's will his way. All right? He learned, he learned a painful lesson that we have to do God's will his way, not our way. All right? So he took matters into his own hands and he, he killed an Egyptian. Right? And it caused trouble. And, and, and the, 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 one of the Hebrew slaves says, so you're going you're gonna to kill us too? And so he takes off and he spends 40 years in the, in the desert. Right? His life can be split up in three different 40 years. As D.L. Moody says that, that uh, he, he, he spent four, 40, the first 40 years thinking that he was a somebody. The second 40 years of his life realizing that he was a nobody. And the last 40 years of his life, realizing what God can do with a nobody. I love that, that, that we see God using him in, in, in old age. At the good old age of 80 years old. We got any 80 year olds are up? God's not through with you. Amen? God is not through with you. But Moses asked for revelation. He wanted to, to know God's ways and know God's heart. And one of the ways of God that we see in this text and we see in many other texts is that God's ways are righteous and just. God's ways are righteous and just. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Deuteronomy 32.4 says the rock, his work is perfect. This is the real rock. Okay? The rock is... His work is perfect, for all His ways are justice. 
a God of faithfulness, without iniquity, just and upright is He. Psalm 145, 17, the Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. Amen? And so, what, what we see in the, in the Exodus story is we see God working righteousness and justice on behalf of those who were oppressed, the Israelites, the, the, the vulnerable. And we see God raising up somebody to be a voice, to be his instrument, Moses. We're told in Psalm 89 verse 14 that the foundation of God's throne is righteousness and justice. We're told in Psalm 33 verse 5 that he loves righteousness and justice and the earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The Hebrew word for justice is mishpat. Mishpat. And it's used 425 times in the Old Testament. In a quarter of those times, it's translated as justice. Another quarter, it's, it's translated as rule or rules or ruling. It's also translated as judged or judging or judgment. And, and there's other ways that it can be uh, translated as well, as you can see here. And what we see is, is the justice of God being um, worked out through God delivering the Israelites. God sees what's happening to them and he acts. He raises up somebody who will take action. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Tim Keller in his book, Generous Justice, says that it, its most basic meaning, the word mishpat, is to treat people equitably. It means acquitting or punishing every person on the merits of the case, regardless of race or social status. Anyone who does the same wrong should be given the same penalty. But mishpat means more than just the punishment of wrongdoing. It also means giving people their rights. Okay? And we see in Exodus chapter 2, we see the heart of God, the one who works righteousness and justice for those who are oppressed. It says, during those days, during those many days, and the king, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery, and they cried out for help. And their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob, and God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. God took notice. Now, we're also told in Genesis chapter 15 that God foreknew that that 400 years of slavery would happen because he revealed that to Abraham. God had a sovereign plan that was going to be carried through to the finish. And God was faithful to his promises in preserving and delivering and providing for the Israelites as he promised to Abraham. And he reveals himself to Moses as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And God heard, he saw, and he remembered, and he knew. And then we see that God heard, saw, knew, and he acted. When, when, he, when, when Moses encountered the Lord at the burning bush, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. 
because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and to bring, bring them up out of that land to a good land, broad land. And now, behold, the cry of, the, of Israel has come to me, and I have seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Jewish people every year recount this story at the Passover. They recount how God had fulfilled his promises. How God had showed up and delivered them out of Egypt. They're commanded in the Old Testament to do that. To, to, to celebrate the Passover. Never forget the great redemption that God brought. The righteousness and the justice that God worked on behalf of his people. Because that is who he is. He's a God of justice and a God of righteousness. And, and while for, for and, and, and one aspect of that is that he, he delivers those who are being unjustly treated, those who are being oppressed. Another aspect of that justice is he punishes the oppressors. Okay? It works both ways. And what we see is we see ten plagues, miracles. That happened as judgments upon the Egyptians and their false gods. <laughs> God is working righteousness. He was working righteousness and justice. Displaying his power to reveal himself as the God of justice and of righteousness. Now I know for us, this, this may seem, seem very disconnected for us slaves like this for that long I mean they had no opportunity to rest I mean think about this you know how God when God delivered them he told them to take a Sabbath day like one day out of seven rest like that's a blessing they had no opportunity to take one day out of seven of rest they were driven by harsh taskmasters to keep making bricks and keep building and keep working Human dignity was violated. They were treated as property. And this is a terrible thing. This is a terrible thing. And, and unfortunately, human slavery is, 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 there is more, there are more human slaves at this point in history than there ever has been. Did y'all know that? There are more human slaves at this point in history than there ever has been. Now, this has been something going on for, for years. But it's one of the, the most terrible injustices of our day. Okay? And, and you know what? I, I'm going to just share, a specific, just to try to connect it with, with today, I'm going to share, here's a story, a real story of a real person in the United States just this week. A story that I heard about. A lady who came to Jesus through my parents' church and is a part of the ministry that they have. Her name is Caroline Dyer. And at the age of 21, she was kidnapped by sex traffickers. And her world was changed forever. She spent the next 14 years battling every kind of diagnosis, including PTSD, depression, paranoia, 
and a raging heroin addict. She, she went to 25 different rehabs. It was the best the world had to offer her. She said, my, my life was survival and escape without hope of anything different. She said, six months ago, I found myself on suicide watch in jail. And I picked up the payphone with a free call to reach out to Care Center Ministries. This is where my parents go to church and the ministry they're a part of. And it's been six months and I will never look back in Jesus' name. The Lord reached down and drew me out of the deep waters and placed me at Care Center Ministries where he, he has used this discipleship program to retrain my mind. He gave me joy instead of mourning, peace that passes all understanding, a completely new song of hope. He called me into the, 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 this academy that they have there, and daily I wake up thinking of what an honor it is that I get to serve and love other women who are coming out of exactly what I did. I have truly found purpose. I'm not just surviving today. I'm living the abundant life Christ came to give me. What a beautiful story. God works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. We see this in the Exodus story. We see God's power put on display with the plagues coming upon Egypt, and we see God part the Red Sea. Y'all know the story. They get to the Red Sea. Pharaoh finally lets them go. Hard-hearted Pharaoh finally lets them go after back and forth and plagues, and God God, God uh, finally brings Pharaoh to a point where he, he lets them go, and they, 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 they come to the Red Sea, and they're trapped. Looks like there's no way out. And God parts the waters of the Red Sea, and God delivers his people. He works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. But notice that he raised somebody up. He raised up a Moses to take action. And Moses had to leave his comfort zone. Hebrews tells us that by faith, when Moses was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. You see, what I have found is that the closer I get to the heart of God, the more I get to know him personally, intimately, and accurately, the more I get closer to him, the more I get his heart for people. His heart for, for, for the underdog. His heart for, for the vulnerable, for the weak. God's a father to the fatherless. And he's a, a defender of orphans and widows. Right? This is who he is. Jesus came and we see, we see the perfect uh, character of God. The glory of God revealed in the person of Jesus. And he said he came to preach the gospel to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. To set the captives free. He quoted Isaiah 61, describing his ministry, what he would be about. And we see Jesus lifting up those who have been torn down by sin and Satan and the religious society of his day. Jesus left 
the glories of heaven to step into this fallen, broken world and do something about the injustice in the world. God has been doing something about the brokenness in this world. He has sent messengers. He's raised up messengers, prophets. He sent his son Jesus to come and satisfy the demands of justice by dying on the cross for you and me. You see, the the reality is, is that we're all sinners and we deserve death because of our sin. And Jesus came and he satisfied the demands of justice and dying in our place so that we can be forgiven and free and so that justice can be satisfied. And then he transforms his people who value justice, who value other human lives and love others as he does. And so God has called you and I to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world, to be his hands and his feet, to get out of our comfort zones and to reach out to those around us who are in need of the hope of the gospel, and we have the message that transforms lives. Another great example in history is William Wilberforce, who was an advocate for the ending of slavery in his day. And he got a hold of the heart of God, moved by by a strong sense of justice and righteousness, a God who works justice, justice and righteousness for all who are oppressed. And it wasn't very popular. His stance in his day was not very popular. But there were professing Christians who were endorsing slavery in his day. And he spoke out openly against it. And he fought to see that shut down. He said, you may choose to look, you may choose to look the other way, but you can never say again that you did not know. We don't want to be like those in Nazi Germany, those Christians who were in churches when they would hear the train of Jews coming by, the screams and the cries of those going to the slaughter. We don't want to be like those who started just singing louder to drown out the tormenting cries of those that they heard in the carts, packed in carts on their way to the slaughter. We want to be those who are moved with the heart of God, who care enough to say something, to pray something, to do something about those who are vulnerable and need and hurt and broken. This is the heart of God. This is one of the reasons why my wife and I named our fourth son. (laughs) Justice. Justice. God cares about justice. He cares about people. He's raising up people to defend those who are weak. Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. And Christianity has led the way in this. We should continue to lead the way in this. Because our God is a God of justice. He works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. We also see in this text that the Lord's ways are merciful, gracious, and loving. And this deserves a sermon itself. He says, the Lord 
David referring, quoting Exodus 34 and, and a handful of times, actually uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 or so times in the Old Testament, these exact words are declared about this is who God is. Okay? You want to know God's ways? Moses wanted to see the glory of God, and he asked God, show me your glory. I want to know you. Show me your ways. Give me a glimpse of your heart. And God, God revealed himself to Moses. Moses couldn't handle it all, so he had to get in the cleft of the rock, lest he die, right? And God caused his goodness to pass by Moses. And he proclaimed his name, his character, his ways, saying the Lord gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. And Moses got a glimpse of the glory and he was shining. When we get to know God personally, intimately, and accurately, we get to get a glimpse of his heart. <clears throat> causes our lives to shine. He rubs off on us. When we, when we know his ways, we, we use that term, right? Like, I know your ways. That, 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 that can be used in a bad way too, right? Like God says in 2 Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Right? So we use that, we use that language as well. Like, I, I know your way, you know. Um, and, 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 and God, God's ways are merciful and gracious and compassionate. Sinful man's ways are, are evil. And God says in Isaiah 55, he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your ways. But one of the things that's beautiful is that God has revealed His ways to us through Scripture. We get to know the heart of God, to know Him personally, to know Him intimately. Moses got to see some glory here. Moses was a friend of God. But there's greater glory in the coming of Christ. God in the flesh. John said we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Paul says that we all with unveiled faces are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're being transformed from glory to glory by the Spirit of the Lord. God has opened our eyes. In Christ, he opened her eyes to see the beauty and the glory of who he is through his son, Jesus Christ, who's come to us. The New Testament gives us greater, more revelation, a clearer picture of who God is. And the Old Testament, I think, did a great job in verses like this. And we see, we see God's character revealed through his deeds, through his actions, and through his words. And Jesus came and he did that perfectly. He showed us what the Father is like. And so let me, let me close in just a couple of points of application here. Seek to know God's heart and his ways by studying scripture. Okay? Let us be a people of the book. God has given us revelation of himself through his word. 
And if we really believe that His Word is His Word, and that we can have a personal relationship with God and get to know Him accurately and intimately through His Word, then we're going to spend time in it. And then do what Moses did and what David did and what others did. Pray that God would reveal Himself to you. Paul prayed this for the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3. We get to know God intimately through prayer and through Scripture. Very simple, very basic. We just keep coming back to it over and over. Every relationship needs communication. We listen, we speak, right? Husbands and wives, right? You know, in marriage, listen. You speak husbands, we, we listen, right? We listen, we listen, we listen, and then we speak, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, let us listen twice as much as we speak. It'll do our marriages good. It'll do our relationships good. Be slow to speak. Quick to listen. Slow to become angry, James tells us. And so let's engage this, this relationship with our, with our God, with our Father, through Scripture and through prayer. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you desire and it'll be given to you. If you feel stagnant in your prayer life, you need some scripture to inflame your heart. Scripture that, that, that magnifies who God is. And that's what the Psalms do. That's what this Psalm 103 does. It puts the, magna, the magnification, the spotlight on God's character and on his works. All right? And worship is just a response to that revelation. We see God. We see what he's done. We see, what he, we see what he says, hear what he says, we see who he is. The proper and fitting response to seeing his glory, his beauty, is to worship, to treasure him, to delight in him, and then to, to meditate upon who he is. J.I. Packer in his book, Knowing God, he says, uh, he answers the question, how can we turn our knowledge about God into knowledge of God. How can we go from knowing about God to, to knowing God? And J.I. Packer says the key to this is meditation on Scripture. Because God has spoken through His Word. It's perfect, special revelation, a clear revelation of who He is and His will for our lives and, and, and having this relationship with God. The big questions that we have in life are answered for us. Who are we? What am I here for? Where am I going when I die? What am I to do with my life? And so through a relationship with God, it helps us get answers to those questions and live in the purpose that God has for us. As this young lady, Caroline Dyer, said, I have purpose now. I'm not just surviving. I'm living the abundant life that Christ came to give me. The Lord heals broken hearts. He sets captives free. And so let us seek to, to know his heart, to know his ways, through scripture and through prayer. And then seek to make God's, way, make God's ways known through your words and your deeds. If you're a parent, make God's ways known to your children. I love uh, YWAM's um, motto, mission statement, to know God and to make him known. I think that's what we're here for. To know God and to make Him known. Let us do that with our children by modeling for them this character that we just read about, the Lord gracious and compassionate 
slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Through being like God and, and, and being a voice for the vulnerable and speaking up, working righteousness and justice God's way. Romans 12 tells us that, that vengeance is His. We need to be aware of taking matters into our own hands. God says, I will repay. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let your children see that. Let, let your children see you walking in God's ways. Of course, none of us do it perfectly. We stumble and we fall. But we turn to our gracious Savior and He lifts us up. And He gives us the strength that we need to be who He's called us to be and to do what He's called us to do. And lastly, speak up for the vulnerable. Through prayer, let your voice be heard in prayer and advocacy. Proverbs 31, 8, 9 says, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. So may, may we know God's ways, and may we be changed by it. Knowing God is designed to thrill the human heart, to inflame the human heart heart through knowing him accurately and intimately we come alive and we experience life as it's meant to be on this side of eternity if you all would stand with me in prayer as the worship team comes up I'd like for us to pray Psalm 25 together David prayed what Moses, Moses prayed in Psalm 25, that God would make known his ways to him. So if we could lift our voices together and make this our prayer as well, that God would make his ways known to us. If you all would pray this with me. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Let's try that again. Let's read it and pray it together. Oh, it's not up there. <laughs> Thank you, Gabe. Here we go. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love. For they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth. For my transgressions, according to your steadfast love, remember me. For the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right. And he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness. For those who keep his covenant his testimonies. Amen. Lord, thank you 
for inviting us into this relationship with you. May we not neglect this opportunity. May we seek you diligently. As David said, when you, when you said, seek my face, my heart said, your face, oh Lord, I will seek. Help us to prioritize this relationship with you, to know you, to walk in your ways. And may our joy increase as we do. May we be moved on to your agenda as we get to know your heart. May we be more inclined to do your will, to let you reign in us, your kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. May we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Help us here at City Church God to effectively be the salt and the light of the world, to let our light shine, that men would see our good works and glorify you, Father. Jesus' name we pray.